Today's share Mishnah Bura Yomi is Daf Pei Zayin Omud Beis in the second volume of Mishnah Bura, and we are in the beginning of Simon Kuf Pei Gimel. We had begun this Simon yesterday, and we'll continue today. This deals with the halachos of the coast of Birchas Hamazon. We're at the very bottom of Pei Zayin Omud Aleph. We'll begin with Sif Beis. The Mechaber writes, "Yiten Achai Hayayin L'Socho Chai." When you pour the wine into the cup for benching, you should pour it in raw, diluted. In those days, they used to have very, very concentrated raw wine, and you'd have to dilute it. So, when you're pouring it into the start of benching, pour it in undiluted. Don't dilute it before you pour it into the cup, and leave it that way. until you reach the second bracha, no delacha. And at that point, for us, mosgo, fill it up at that point with water. To show and demonstrate the love for Eretz that the wine is so strong and so great that you have to dilute it. You can't drink it straight. That's how great the grapes are in Eretz The wine is in Eretz Let's look inside in the Mishnah Burah in Sivkat and Dalit. The Mishnah Burah explains Chai. What does it mean, this Chai? Pirush, Kemo Shehu Beli Meziga. It means the undiluted raw wine that is so strong that it requires dilution. Avshein Roy Lishtoso, Kach Kemo Shehu. Even though it's inedible to be drunk in this way, it's too strong, it's not edible yet in this situation, nevertheless you pour the wine into the cup in this fashion. Mr. Brewer continues in Sivkat and Hay, and he writes, this shows the birchas aretz, the greatness of the wine of Eretz Yisrael, pirish, lechilas birchas aretz, you should begin this pouring in before you start the bracha of no delecho, after you conclude the first bracha of benching, hazon esakol. Now, this demonstrates Sheva Haaretz, Sivkat and Vav, Sheyena Chazak, that the wine is so strong, Shetzarech Lemazgu Bemayin, that you must dilute it in order for it to be able to be drunk. And he says, Look in the base Yosef, Ayin Beveis Yosef, Shekosav, Debevedin Osenu, nowadays, Nago Olam Limzog Bimat Mayim, Afkishain Hayenos Chazakim. Nowadays, all wines are not like this. You buy a bottle of wine in the store, you don't dilute it with water. It's perfectly drinkable the way it is. Nevertheless, the Beis Yosef said, even though already in his time, 500 years ago, the wines were already drunk without diluting them further, nevertheless, the custom remained to pour a little bit of water into the wine anyway at the beginning of No Delecha. And the Mishnah says, Ayin Shomatam, go look at the Beis Yosef for the reasoning. So if you look there, the reasoning is because we want to demonstrate that just that by the fact that we remind ourselves that they used to have to dilute the wine, that's why we put in a drop of water now into the wine to show that we recognize in Chutzlar, it's over here, that our wines aren't as good as the wines in Eretz Yisrael. Oh, in the olden days, if we were in Eretz Yisrael, we'd have to go and pour in a lot of water to dilute the wine because the wine is so strong. Whereas here, we're living in Chutzlar, it's the wines are weaker and it doesn't have the brach of Eretz Yisrael. Then the Ramah states, Nowadays, this is the, I would dare say, all over the world, the wine that you buy in a bottle, so you never have to dilute it. It already comes, so to say, perfectly drinkable, and therefore there is no reason, brought down the name of the tour, for us to continue this custom today of diluting the wine. Mishnah Burin Sivkat Zayin says, Mishum because it's drinkable, it's potable, the way it is in the bottle. And the Ramah continues, and he says, this is in fact the minute that we don't dilute the wine. Then the Ramah continues, and he says, When you pour it out of the barrel or the bottle, you should pour it, that you're doing this 
for the purposes of making a kosher bracha over here. It brings us down in the name of the Torah, brought down in the name of Rashi. And the Mishnah Burris in Sivkat and Ches explains, Hainu, sheyotzienu somach lebracha minachavus l'shem bracha. That right before you're about to bench, that's when you should pour the cup of wine. Below yotzienu mikodem, don't pour it out much earlier and let it sit in the, in the, cup, the wine in the cup until you're ready to bench. This is the preferred way. Of course, it's not ma'akev. This is the preferred way to demonstrate that you're pouring this wine for the mitzvah, a kosher bracha. The Chavetz Chaim, the Sharet Zion, Ozayin explains... The reason behind this that you should pour it right away is to fulfill the different definitions of chai. There's the definition that we just said it needs to be diluted, but there is another definition that means chai means fresh, and therefore it shouldn't be sitting out for a while. And fresh means, therefore, samuch lebracha, brought down in the name of the Torah. Now we go back to the Ramah. V'nira delididon, the Ramah says, it appears to me that nowadays, she'en lanu harbe yayin. In the times of Ramah, wine was much more scarce and less available than it is today. It's adequate for us to take from the bottle and pour it into the cup. You don't have to go to the barrel and pour it from the barrel into the cup. When it said barrel, it didn't literally mean barrel. And and this was the custom. Again, we take a bottle of wine, we don't go to a barrel of wine. And when you're filling up this kosher bracha, or any kosher bracha for that matter, you should fill it up all the way, all the way up to the lip of the cup. Mr. Buru and Sivkat and Tess explains the And even though some will overflow and spill onto the ground, that's not a problem. There are those that do not fill it up all the way because of this baltashless concern that you're pouring some out by accident. Nevertheless, it still is considered filled to the top if you don't fill it up all the way to the very top and have it overflow. And again, this whole idea the Mishnah Bura tells us, filling it up to the top is the preferred way, the optimal initial way to do it, but if you don't have enough to fill up the entire cup, but you have a shir of revius, you have enough to make the bracha, so then it's acceptable to be the Evet. As I just mentioned, as long as you have a revius, it's acceptable. We learn these halachos in Simon Reisha and Aleph, in Mishnah Bura, Sivkat and Membez, Ayin Shem, and we learn the halachos of Kiddush. I would just point out that the one exception to the rule is when you make havdalah, so there is a minog on havdalah on, on Matzi Shabbos, when a person fills up the cup, he should overflow it a little bit to show that this house, Baruch Hashem, there should be bracha, that we can even be not concerned about wasting a little bit of wine. The house should, so to say, overflow with bracha. Sif Gimel, the Mechaber writes, A person should try to take a cup that is a complete cup, a full cup, not a broken cup. The Mishnah explains in Sivkat Yud, from the fact that the Mechaber wrote, you should try to do this, then it means that if you can't do it, for whatever the reason, they only have a broken cup available, so that it wouldn't be ma'akev, you could still make a kosher bracha on a broken cup. And how do we define a non-broken cup? What is sholem? So Sivkat Yud the Mishnah explains, that the body of the cup shouldn't be broken in any way. And it shouldn't have a blemish on the lip of the cup. Even there, a little bit is a problem when it's on the lip of the cup. Now, this nistak, what about a crack? If there's a crack in the cup, you should preferably not use that cup. Even if it doesn't have an actual missing piece, but just the fact that it has a crack. Now, the Chavetz Chaim in Os Tes brings down over here from the El Yerabah, even just a nick in the cup, 
a nick in the cup that you could detect it, so to say, with your fingernails. So that is, according to the opinion of the Prima Godim, something that you don't have to be mocked on, albeit the al Rabba said you do. Mishabur continues and he says, If the body of the cup is intact, but the base of the cup is in some way broken, one should ideally be mocked not to use such a cup. Even if you can still stand it on its base, but if the base is in some way broken, preferably use a different cup. But unless you have nothing else to use, then you can be making in all of these situations. If you have a choice, then preferably use the one that's intact. Or bekis or yekelim, if you're using the cover of some sort of a utensil, the lid, even though it's not normally used as a base kibble, it's not normally used to as a receptacle, then you can use this if you have nothing else. Brought down the name of the El Yerabah. Then he concludes, the Morgan of Rome writes in the name of the Bach, a person who is a God-fearing person, should not bench, make the brach just wearing his turban, I would assume he means, for us, this would be the equivalent to just wearing a yarmulke. Rak, yosim hakova arosha. But he should put his hat on his head. Now, this is the whole idea of, does a person wear a, a hat at all nowadays? It's just way too complex a subject for us to discuss right now. Suffice to say that there are those that are much more mockbit on wearing a hat than there, there, there are those that are not mockbit on wearing a hat. And this is totally on a number of different factors, including where you live. In any event, the custom of the Muggin of Rome, the name of the Bach was that you wore a hat. The Mishnah Brewer codifies this, and he says that you should do this. And he says, likewise, in order to show covered for the benchy, that's really what we're talking about here. This is all a matter of covered. It's not a matter of din. It's a matter of how you demonstrate covered. So again, one could argue that you demonstrate covered in different ways. Since John F. Kennedy did not wear his hat to his inauguration, the American people, the secular, non-Jewish world, stopped wearing hats to a large extent. So the covered in secular America today is you, you remove your hat. The custom of wearing a hat will depend in a great extent on where you live, and there are differences amongst the postkin. So the Mishnah Burr brings down another thing over here that you should wear a baggage alien. You wear a jacket. They calls their who bichlal ituf because this is included in the idea of ituf. Hanema b'gemara etzel kos bracha that one should be misatif, one should be enclosed properly when you're making a bracha on a kosher bracha. Some suggest this. This means you have to have some sort of a tetzel, some sort of a base that you're putting the cup on, some sort of a coaster that you put the cup on. Others say you put your hands around it. That qualifies as etof. There are a lot of different ways to describe etof. One of them, he says over here, is to wear a jacket and to wear a hat. This is a custom that raises a great deal of angst in many circles. It's certainly, I would say, lakuli alma, not something that you should fight about. Those that have the custom to wear it, gizun to hate, and those that have the custom not to wear it, I think gizun to hate as well. So the Mishnah Bura says, nowadays when people bench, in the times of the Mishnah Bura, they would wear a hat. In many places today, they wear a hat. And in many places today, the covenant is not necessarily to wear a hat. But, the Mishnah Bura says, so far to so, this is not only with the kosher bracha, but, even if a person is just benching by himself without a coast, the Mishnah Bur says that in order to show proper cover for the benching, a person should dress appropriately. I think that's the critical take-home message over here. A person should be dressed appropriately whenever he's making a bracha, whenever he is in shul, whenever he's doing something that is a mitzvah, and he wants to honor and show cover for the mitzvah. The issue for number eight has a whole interesting discussion about one-time usage cups, disposable cups. So there's, again, great divergence of opinion over here. Rav Moshe Feinstein Zatzal, in the Igris Moshe, says that you should not use such a cup for a kosher bracha. A plastic cup at a kiddush, he says, is not an ideal thing. 
especially since you're going to throw it away, it doesn't have any chashivas to it. However, he says, if there is no choice, so then one can be mekel. The only cups that they have out there at the Kiddush are plastic cups, so then one has no other choice. And the Shailus Hachuvah's Milchatz Yitzchak, Dayan Weizatzal as well, also says one should be machmir. But he says, if you don't have any other cup, also, Yochol Yachid Kozel Shimush Kavua. Don't throw it away. Keep this cup, so to say, and use it for some other drink, and in this way, you would be showing a little bit more chashivas to it, and you can make Kiddush on it. And this is also the opinion of the Shailus Hachuvah's Orlutzion, and the Stipe Lagones, that's all. On the other hand, Rapin Chashayim Zatzal says that it's not possible you can use such a disposable cup. This is also the opinion of Vazir Zatzal and Rishlomo Zalman. Paper cups, which are much more flimsy, however, if they're going to be leaking or if they're really not at all really usable, albeit you can maybe make Kiddush on it and, and get away with it, that certainly is much less preferable. The issue with number 10 goes into a little bit more discussion about do you need to wear a jacket when you're benching. He does bring down the opinion that if you're not benching with a coast, as the Mishabur said, a yachid with a coast should put on a jacket, so it brings down those opinions that suggest that if you're not benching ala coast, you don't have to wear a jacket. And this is the opinion of the Arach HaShulchan and others. Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Shlita, disagrees, as does the Shalut Tzachuvah's Orl Etzion. Rav Scheinberg's Atzal has more of a compromise position that depends what you're wearing. If it's very nice, then you don't necessarily have to put on a jacket, because it's considered like you're wearing a jacket. And the opinion of Rishlomo Zalman is, She'ikar ha'kpada alavishas kova. It's much more important, he says, the hat. The people, he says, are no hate to wear a suit or a jacket when they bench, even if they're not benching a la coast. He then brings down postkim, including the Shalos Hachuvah's Orlitzion, that says that if a person is not dressed properly, then he really shouldn't be benching. He should get dressed properly. However, Shlomo Zalman brings down that if somebody's out, on, uh, for example, on the beach, and he's eating a meal there, and he's not dressed so ideally, just cover up and wear some sort of an overcoat or a jacket or something, put on a bathrobe, and you could, in that situation, bench under that specific circumstance. If you're wearing pajamas, the Shlomo says it's really not proper to bench in pajamas. However, Shlomo Zalman brings down that you should get dressed properly for benching, but if you're sick or not feeling so well, so then a person could maybe just put on some sort of a covering over the pajamas and bench in the pajamas. Finally, the issue foot number 11 brings down do these rules apply for al as well, and he brings down many posts who say that they do not apply to al albeit some say that it does. Now we go to Sif Dalit. The Mechaber writes, You pick up the cup with both hands. This is we'll see in the Mishnah Burin, Siv Kat Nyud Beis is because of a Taz that Tamhu. The reasoning is according to the Taz, Kedei Laharos Chavivos Kabolos Hakosolov to show your desire, how dear it is to you to do this mitzvah. You do a mitzvah with, so to say, with a full effort with both hands, and then, however, Ve'achakach Ochazo Biyot Echod. Then you transfer it over to your right hand, as we'll see. Shelo Yenira Olav Kemasu, because if you're holding it with two hands, it looks like it's a burden to you, and specifically Ubiyad Yom. And a right, he puts it into his right hand, Shuha Ikor Vehechoshev. This is the important hand and the more uh, distinguished hand, so to say, and therefore you hold it in your right hand. The Mechaber continues and he says, When you start to make the bracha, note, Lebiyamina, you take it in the right hand, you should not try to support it with the left hand at all if you can. Hagod, the Ramah adds, because What do we mean here? You shouldn't support it with the left hand, means don't have the left hand touch the cup, because as we just pointed out, that looks like a burden. But if you're using the left hand to help support the right hand, and you're holding the right hand, but not the cup, you're doing it to steady the right hand, if you're just using it to support it, to steady it, that is permissible. He brings us down in the name of the Beis Yosef, in the name of the Shibole Haleket. Mishnah Bru over here, in Sifkotten, 
Even if you're going to hold the cup in the right hand, let's say the guf of the, the body of the cup, and at the base, you'll hold it with your left hand, that's not right. You're allowed, however, to support the right hand with the left hand. You have the cup in the right palm. And you hold your left hand underneath your right hand, not touching the coast, just to help support the right hand. This tesvav, sivkatan tesvav, is mutter, is permissible. Mishbur explains, because you're not touching the cup. However, he brings down the achronim kos He brings down the name of various achronim, including the taz of the Morgan of Rum, that unless you really can hold the cup up just with your right hand, let's say somebody's a little bit unsteady or he has uh, Parkinson's or something, and he needs to use the left hand to help steady the cup, so then it would be allowed. But otherwise, you really shouldn't use even the supporting of the left hand to the right hand unless it's absolutely necessary. Then he brings down from the Shalom, Kos of HaShalom, Al Piyakabola, based upon Kabbalistic reasoning, Nochun Shiyamit HaKos Al Kaf You put the cup into the palm of the right hand, Vo'atzbos Yuzukufim Sovin, and the fingers are raised, so to say, around it, like a Atifa around it. Lo Yitol HaKos Yadayim, and you shouldn't hold the cup with gloves of any sort. Raki Yisir Mikodim, if it was cold and you're wearing gloves for whatever the reason, or you were uh, dealing with preparing the food and you wore gloves, whatever, you're in a, a situation where you're in the kitchen and you're wearing gloves for cleanliness, hygiene reasons, before you make Kiddush, you should take off those gloves. He brings down in Deir Shufut number 13, the same thing would be true, like when you're about to make the hamotzi on the bread, so you shouldn't be wearing gloves at that point as well. Go back to the Mechaber, and he writes, You lift the cup up from the ground, a tefach. That's if you're sitting on the ground. However, like we do at a table nowadays, Then you raise it at least the tefach above the table. The tefach is roughly the area of 3.5 to 4 inches or so. And you look at the cup, in order to maintain your concentration and not to forget what you're doing, so keep your eyes on the cup. Now, the Mishnah Burin, Sivkot and Tezayin explains, when you lift up the cup, you're raising the cup so all the people at the table can see it, and they also will look at it. This is all based upon, in the Gemara, a Pasuk, the Siv, Kos, Yeshua, says, Saw, Veshem Hashem Akra, the Gomer. Sivkot and Tezayin, you look at the cup, so you shouldn't forget about the bracha that you're making over here and not lose concentration on it. Issue foot number 16 brings down, even though in Simon Kuf Pehei we said, even though we're going to learn the halacha in a few days in Simon Kuf Pehei, that you should look in a sitter or a bencher when you're benching, you shouldn't bench by heart. So the Shulchan Atar says, that's when you're not benching alakos. So then look in the bencher. But if you're able to bench by heart when you're benching alakos, so then you should look at the kos and bench by heart. Now the Ramah concludes and he says, Therefore, don't use a very narrow cup that has a narrow opening. Shekorin gluk glass was a certain type of a cup called a gluk glass, a glass of a certain type of nature. Because you can't see the wine. So don't use a very narrow type of a cup. Mishnah Buri in Sivkot Yudches says, As I just explained, that you can't see inside of it. However, the Mishnah Buri brings down in, in, in Os. 
Yud Ches and the Sharetzion, the Taz, the Morgan of Rome, and the Vilna Gon, all question this. The Kavanah Sagamara, that the Gemara, when it talks about you should look at the cup, Masha'amu Vinosi and Bo, you should look at it with your eyes, Haina Bakos, it's talking about the cup, the love of Masha'amu Soha, not Lab Davka, you have to look at the wine. And therefore, Yalkain, Ain Lahakbi Bazat, therefore they said, don't be Makbi to have a big, wide open mouthed cup. If you have a narrow opening cup, it's okay. In many Yocholasi, Bikal Kli Acher especially if you can't get another one. If you have a choice between a wide-open cup and a narrow cup, so take the wider-open cup, but otherwise don't be concerned about this. The Mechaber continues, and he says, And then go give it to your wife also. This kosher bracha should be given over to your wife to take a drink from as well. says Because this brings about bracha into the house, into the wife, even if she's not eating with you. He says also to give to all the other guests a drink from this cup of wine. And if the guest is the one that's benching, he should give it to the balabais as well, so that the bracha should be on the house. We didn't do this inside, we did this outside because we ran out of time. That concludes today's share.